0: Welcome to the show, Steve Walker. How are you, mate? I'm good, brother. You? Good. So yeah, I was just saying before we started recording this um, that I don't know much. I don't know much about you. We met in um, we met in a bar in Bondi where you were DJing uh, yeah. these banging Ibiza beats, and um, I, I was just having a dance with like five or ten people, and then uh, yeah, you, you said that you. You you lived in Ibiza for a while, you run some events, stuff like that. So yeah, I figured I'd ask you um, on the show so that I can learn with the listeners what you do together. Yeah. So tell us about yourself.
1: Uh, All right. So I was living in Ibiza. I went there, I suppose, when I was 18, went there for my first ever holiday. Um, Obviously, the cliche of you hear about Ibiza when you think, uh, you know, it's the best place in the world. Yeah. I knew within 24 hours of landing there when I was 18, it is the best place in the world probably. Like it was just mind-blowingly amazing. Um, so I, I ended up coming back from my first ever holiday and I was like, listen, this is this is not for me back in England. So yeah. then I went back there, um, started, I went over there with a bag of records back then, mate, because I remember I'm an old man now, mate. Uh, so I went over there with a bag of records, but then. It wasn't as easy as carrying a USB or Oh CD. yeah, like the crates, yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, mate, so I, I, I literally got every record that I had at the time. Went over there and just grafted to play wherever I could. Um, so, yeah, I just, I went there So I was 18, 19, started to find my feet a bit, get some good little, not so much residency, because I didn't want to be a resident of anywhere, do you know what I mean? That's the one thing I've never wanted to ever do. I don't want to be that guy, and there's no disrespect to anybody that does that. I've never wanted to be that guy that plays week in, week out, mm. Them, you know, in the same venue, it doesn't, it's never interested me. Yeah, so what I've done is I found my feet with a few like promoters back then that you know just wanted me to do warm ups, this and that. So I've done that for two, three years.
0: What was the goal, uh, uh, back then?
1: The goal, the goal was just to live in the sun, bro. It was, you know, I remember living in the UK was terrible. You know, you didn't have a summer in the UK, there were definitely no parties like Amnesia and DC 10 and. The best parties in the world there was nothing like it in england there's some great parties don't get me wrong some great parties but there was never that vibe yeah. you know and back in the before in the day there was no stopping you you could go as long as you could go so every party was enough there was a party to an after party to a villa party. actually after party this is you know early yeah, 2000 yeah. late you know 1999 2000 mm-hmm. 2001 mate it was just different just different you never went home you know, so, and I just love that. I love that the fact that I could be booked to play somewhere at five in the morning in the most random place. And then you wouldn't get another book in until three in the afternoon, three days. Listen, it was, it was cool back then. Super, mm. super cool. It, it, you know, unfortunately now with the times, times have changed a lot. That doesn't so much carry on. You do get the villa and the afters, but it's not got the vibe that it had 20 something years ago. That, okay.
0: Yeah. All right, so and where did you get with the the DJing back then? I
1: have done very well. i have done very well to be honest. The, the, what didn't do very well was my, my partying. That's where that's what killed me because I would eventually get booked to play loads of places. And after going out on three-day vendors, I uh, I couldn't make mm. all these places.
0: So, oh, okay. uh,
1: but, but I wouldn't listen, I wouldn't change a the thing. I loved it. I got to play in probably back then in with every top promoter, every top DJ at the time. Um I, I took a lot of um, a lot of knowledge from all these people. Um I got to I got to where I wanted to be to be honest. I got to where I wanted to be with it. Um you know I had, I had no pressure on me. I, I could book, mm. I was booked to play where I wanted to play. I was getting paid enough to to live this lifestyle being young and enjoying my life. Yeah. Um you know it's not so much like nowadays the younger the younger kids now you know they're producing great music. But their bigger goal is to be at the very top of there and that was never i wasn't interested in being that number one i was interested in being in every party yeah you know, some people just want to be that top thing i wanted to be in every single party and know and everybody i wanted to be the party. i wanted to turn up there and that's and that i was i was good what i had i loved it yeah party what I so.
0: okay uh, so and what do you do now what's the summary of well sorry not not now but uh pre-pandemic what were you getting
1: out to so pre-pandemic i was um just launching a brand which i spent two years building now called love grenade um it's very smaller smaller intricate parties with a great theme around and very Elroy style you know lots of production with it um more of a mind-blowing party you know it's mm. not and again it's not about bringing top name djs to the party to sell your pie it's about what you're offering your clientele so you are you walk into the venue your mind's blown of course, the music's going to be top eight. Um, but yeah, again, it was, I want to bring that into you where you get value for money, not where you're paying $100, $150 just to go and see X, Y, and Z, whoever's top of the table that you want to see at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've done all them parties before. You go to a festival, you pay so much money. Uh, that's why I love El Ron. You go to El Rowan, you get you get the whole thing. You walk through the door, you get everything. You know, the, produ- yeah. the production team. When you walk into a venue, I've always been a, f- a fan of this for 20 years, that when you walk into a venue, and they pay more attention on the venue and what you get than booking the, the top of the tree just to please you for one hour. Yeah. You, know, you know, that that's what settles in your mind. You go to a party and you walk away and go, that was mind blowing. Mm. Not walk out of a party and go, oh my God, he was mind blowing. You know, as the promoter, you need to, you know, you, you need to sell. Yeah. So, um, so I was building that, and just now, me and my partner in Sydney um, I've just built a new brand called Syzygy Festival, right? So what we're doing is we're aiming to get up to a 20,000 capacity festival going after the pandemic. So we built this literally just the very start last year, February.
0: Where do you want to um, do that?
1: So what we're doing with this is we're doing, I'm launching all the Asia events, and my partner, even is doing all of Australia. And obviously, while we cannot combine together, we're building the brand as one big brand, but he's launching all of Australia and I'm going to do all of Asia. And until we combine it, and then we're going to start doing some big, big festival type tri- or very big capacity events.
0: Nice.
1: Asia Australia. So that's what we're
0: trying do. Okay, and um, what was the biggest event that you've hosted so far?
1: Well, we haven't launched any event right now with the Susie brand. Actually- I mean, uh, uh,
0: before you you started that project. Oh,
1: me, oh, I've done 10, up to 10,000 before. I think I've done up to 10,000 before. That was in the UK, that was early, early 2000s. I used to have a brand many years ago in the UK called Foreplay. Um, Back then, we used to do uh, a lot of R&B, hip-hop, garage. um, Back then, when it was very big back then. It wasn't my kind of uh, scene, but back then, it was where the money was. Um, Right, right. And I went into that for a long time. And I just noticed back then, when I was doing the house events from Aviva and that, that the brand, the the, the, um, Foreplay brand just seemed to blow up in the UK because that music scene went really big. And it just seemed to be that house music, uh, just because of the drug scene, I believe, uh, I, I believe back in the early 2000s, there was um, the problems, with, like, you know, drugs were, were very sort of, you know, frowned very badly back in the UK then. And putting on house parties, like bigger house events, always had that stigma of the drugs, so the police used to stop a lot of things. Yeah. Where, where, where we moved over into this genre of music, it just seemed to be, we sold them out and we had no problems. So I moved over for about five years with that brand um, and done it super, super well. I mean, literally, we used to book book people and the event would sell like that. It was literally, it was, there was no hard work like it was in the house music scene for me. And again, okay. I didn't love that scene, yeah. but I loved making the money at that time. It was, yeah. it was literally, it was like a printing factory. I only had to book and, you know, And the artist back then, anybody in that scene back then was very cheap. It wasn't like booking a big, a big house brand DJ at three, five, ten thousand pounds, whatever. I could spend three thousand pounds, and I could probably get six, seven big artists at the time. And your board then looked humongous. You know, you used to, used to, used to put your your flyer out, and people would be reading down and going, "Oh my God, I can't believe we got all of these." So it, there was massive money to be made back then. So yeah, I used to put huge events on and we used to put them very regular. Um, mm, okay. but I didn't enjoy it bro, that's the truth. I, I, I never went to any of my events and enjoyed it. Like oh, I go to house party, anything that I do, house events. I could do a hundred people at a house event and yeah. I love it. Yeah. I could have 5,000 people in one of my older events. I never really enjoyed it, it's not my scene. So.
0: Yeah, okay. And then when did you make the jump over to house music events?
1: i started the house i started doing obviously DJing very young so when i was 18 went over there i started putting some small parties on in the beef in early 2000 in the house and then um i kept doing the housey events in early early 2000s i used to do a lot of boat parties in the beef because all the club it was so difficult to back then to um get a club event off the ground in a BFA was just so difficult. Because it's so
0: just, competitive or
1: it was, yeah. And and they and and the promoters back then had huge, huge budgets, you know, like they could, you know, they would you'd roll down top t- 10 top DJs in a brand and you could unless you had a huge backing, you could just couldn't fight a it. Oh it's so like a monopoly you, almost. Yeah. So really I used to do really, really cool one off bone parties. I used to book them in the week. Didn't tell anyone about them used to do them guest list only or like, you know, and again, they'd sell out, no problem. So you don't yeah. get like you know, 250, 300, 400 people on a boat. Oh, but that was unbelievable. And what I would do is I'd poach the, the DJs that had been playing that night that were still out partying, get get into them one week before, say to them, look, do you want to take a booking next week? Keep it very quiet because I couldn't advertise who I had on the boat. But because I used to sell the party as a guest list only party, Anybody that brought I could tell, but it was very hush-hush. So of course, a day before the party, people used to turn up and begging for tickets because they knew I'd have huge acts on a boat. Uh, so paid.
0: everyone that bought the tickets, you so you would pay promoters to sell it to people on the beach or
1: no. So what I do, I'd have about 10 ticket, 10 ticket kids out like running around for me selling them. But it was very hush-hush because every week I used to book a big, a big act back then in the, like, you know, I'm going back in the 2000s, like, you know, whoever was big in the time back then, my friends, Brandon, Alex, Sted Fontaine, etc. Mm.
0: You
1: know, all these, I couldn't advertise them to play the boat because they'd be contracted, IE for one of them, uh, was, with, was contracted with Radio One.
0: Uh, management and, and stuff. And I
1: couldn't, I couldn't advertise them. But because I got a bit of a flow with what I used to sell, uh, people used to know when when I won one of the parties were on again there no a, a big name would be playing the boat but we couldn't ever advertise it because they, they literally had to play the boat for free but I have to I had to give them if you understand so you know it like, was like
0: like pay them under the table sort of I could cut that yeah, out yeah, you yeah, it. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: it was like that they wanted to play the boat for free but that you know I had to give them so I had a great thing so I, I started doing that uh, the early 2000s and they used to go off so, so well. Like, uh, you know, they were super cool. cool. We used to do them only once a week because the party was so big. That after two, you know, you'd be on a two-day two, day, two day session and you'd take five days to recover and plan your next party, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: So you would literally just be like, I want to have a party on a boat. So you'd you'd be, you'd be like, let's do it in a week's time. All right, let's book, book the boat, pay for the boat. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I had a I had a regular contract going with the boat owners, so all the boat owners still wouldn't be for the same ones today as they were 20 years ago. They're good friends of mine. All, um, so yeah, I, I had a, I had a rolling deal with them that they knew that I would take a boat probably every Sunday or every Tuesday because they would have it.
0: excess boats that aren't be used anyway. So if you sold no tickets, there was no risk, right? Yeah, yeah, right, correct, yeah. And uh, okay. yeah, they, ticket
1: uh, they kids pretty cheap.
0: Before. So then what else do you need? You just need bartenders and security guards. All on there.
1: They're all on there. So what you do is you private hire the boat. The same as in Sydney. So this is something that my partner over there does now. I believe he done some parties uh, Australia Day the other day. Um yeah, as you, you private hire the boat, it comes you they have the bar, they have all the staff. You just come on there with, you know, they already have the equipment, you just bring you, you bring the party to them. That's all it wow. is.
0: Wow. Okay.
1: Very easy, very good money to be made. Um yeah i used to absolutely kill it bro like i I could sell 250 tickets in in an afternoon it was literally like pretty money in the business of years it was it was so cool and the great thing was it it was because you you didn't have a massive people to look after 250 to 400 500 sometimes was perfect that's all you needed
0: so so you don't have to like because i always you look at these big parties and you're like oh it must be such a big pain in the ass like look at all those bartenders all those security guards what about the people that design the flyers like you does do you think that these sort of just a party of like a thousand people do you have to like be telling like 10 plus people what to do or can you kind of just like
1: it really depends so that's a great question uh so it really depends now so for me so with the synergy branding now i personally have no real interest in going into any Club venues to host my brand in there, which makes life very easy. Because when you when you go into any club, so whatever this be in Sydney, you name the club, you can say like you know when I done the green, I done the Greenwood. Yeah, Greenwood
0: or Home nightclub. Yeah, so you can do
1: Greenwood or anything. When you go in there, that you know your deal to be struck with them is that you will private hire the venue at whatever cost it is, whether you pay something or you know they want to give you it for free because they know you're going to bring 500 people. That's great. It's no real stress because they're taking all the stress away from you. So for a private hire gig, it's it's pretty pretty easy, really. But for me, where you want to go and take a venue which is not a club or not designed to be that, you know, for the party, mm. then it becomes very difficult because then you do have to supply the bar all your staff all your security everything you know and then your job suddenly becomes a million times harder as a promoter because you're now taking care of everything you know not just your dj's and your dj's and your your clients you're now taking care of everybody so yeah look it it's a very difficult way which for people to go do you want to go into the club and make your life really easy or into a bar and you know put 500 people into a bar and they're doing it for you or do you want to make that really cool venue wherever that whatever that be a pool party or a big villa or you know in the middle of nowhere on the side of a mountain yeah you've got to bring you've got to bring everything and run the whole venue so as a promoter that's super super stressful so you've done
0: you've done that as well
1: i've done both and i I, to be honest i prefer to do the harder one because it's maximum money for you as a promoter it's about money and you know that's what it is nowadays you know yes i have got the love of the music and i absolutely love doing parties i I still love dj and i still love the Mm. whole vibe of it but Venues, what i found over the last few years, are very greedy. And you probably know yourself now, if you're going to book any top, top top-act DJs that are in the top, you know, top 20, top 50, their fees are very expensive, bro. And, you know, if you've got a club that wants to be greedy and and a DJ that wants to be greedy, your profit margin in, you know, doing an event now is so small. Oh, really? So okay. you're better off going on the riskier side for me, anyway, where you take the bar and then you run your whole venue. Mm. It, it just like, it makes more business sense nowadays. That's what it does now, for sure.
0: right? Because the the when you hire the whole club, I guess they're charging out each bartender at a hundred bucks an hour when they might only be getting thirty. So you well, may as well. well
1: a, if Is you, that what you mean? You hire any venue now. You you private hire it. Whatever cost that, that will be and the venue will take care of all of that, but you will get no, you'll be very lucky if you get a percentage of any bar. Now for a long time, no matter where Crazy. I used to do use something I used to get a percentage of them. My deal was always, if I knew I was bringing big numbers, I would never pay a fee to the club or the bar or whatever I was doing. I would say to them, I, I'm going to bring the party for you, but I will take a percentage of your bar because whatever you make over the bar that evening, you certainly wasn't making without me coming. That's very hard to get that deal nowadays. You know, it's very, very hard. So that used to be a good way to make money. That's why now I think it's the, the easier way now. Not the easier way. The, the common sense way. If you if you're in for making good profit now, is to host your own event and make sure that you you bring the bar. So you you, you buy
0: all the alcohol and process all the payments. You buy the Correct. alcohol for thirty bucks for Correct. vodka. You sell it in shots for made 200 bucks or something like that correct correct
1: i can tell you a story now in 2002 or 2003 i believe i hosted a party at the university in essex in england um and we at the time i booked the three biggest um the three biggest acts in the the r&b urban scene back then i think i even had ez there at the time dj ez Anyway, I had to deal with him. Uh, the, the,
0: he, he's a massive guy that played at, um in Sydney. Was he like a English. headliner in? Yeah,
1: yeah, 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 he's, yeah. He's, yeah. He, I, I used to, so I used to book Easy 20 years ago when he was nothing. Now he's, super, he's gone super up in the ranks. Yeah. So I, so I, we booked them, we had them in 2003, I believe, in Essex Uni. I had a deal back there that I would take the university over which they had a huge underground uh, area for uh, event. I had to deal with them where they never gave the venue for free, but I managed to get it for free, and I also managed to get that I would obviously take all my door money and then I would take a percentage of the bar. We absolutely smashed it on the numbers of the door, and we had someone sitting there watching on the bar that evening, which we didn't tell the university at the time. So we had a rough idea of what we had taken over the bar. Come to it the next day when we asked to see the numbers, the numbers disappeared. And the numbers were so far apart that the university had had us off for probably about ten thousand pound UK. Wow. So where we had looked, so where we had looked to make, you know, we dropped the ticket prices down for this event for that exact reason that we knew we'd make off the bar. Yeah. Shot up in the foot. So that's the that's the difficulty of a bit of private hire and to a bit of. A I was other, gonna
0: uh, I was gonna say that, but I sort of thought like, is that far fetched or something? But like, yeah, when it's cash. But hopefully, hopefully now you can't really trace that. Maybe you could even use your own payment system or something. I don't 20 know.
1: Twenty years ago, you, you know, I remember. well, you might not, but twenty years ago for me, it was all about cash. Then you know the world yeah, tra- so The world's very can't. different twenty years later. Now mm-hmm. you know it's very rare that you see somebody go. You know, everything is card now. Yeah, and that was the thing. back then it was mainly cash things no one really used it it wasn't chip and pin nobody really cared so
0: it's all so so you could get ripped off hopefully that's a little bit less
1: we got uh, this uh, happened multiple times over at least 10 years now i can tell you multiple times i know that figures i should have collected and and made a profit for for the business never made the money because we were ripped off
0: do you think do you think that moving forward if it's a it's a card only bar that you could basically eliminate that issue?
1: Yeah, but listen, there's fraud and scams everywhere, mate. That's what, That's what you'll always contend this somewhere, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it, look, that's why if you've got a great working relationship with a bar or a club or a venue, it's perfect. The trouble you got when you, if you go into a struggling venue and offer them, you know, you offer them, you know, their way out for the next six months go, oh, I'm gonna bring you this and that, I'm gonna make you a lot of money. The trouble is when you give a venue that amount of money back, and they think, "Oh, well, I have to pass this back," and then maybe we'll lose these people. You know, it's too easy to it's too easy to be had over nowadays. It really, yeah. really is. That saying, "It's a dog eat dog world," and there's a lot of hungry dogs out there these days. So, <laughs>
0: main main takeaway: don't take a cut of the bar. Is that what you're saying?
1: Uh, yeah, 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 it's still a great thing to do, but I don't. It's very far of you between that you'll ever get what you was really due to get. You know, it's you know, if if a bar's made fifteen thousand, let's say, and you've taken thirty-three percent, I think you find it very hard push that the that the owner of the bar still wants to go and pass you five thousand over later on that evening. You know, there, there there'd be a miscount somewhere. Not every. I'm not saying everywhere, but you know, I've had this a lot of times. That, yeah. You know, okay. All right. So.
0: Okay. Um. All right, just looking at the next questions. So that's some of the mistakes that people make. Is there any other big mistakes that people make when trying to do these events? Do you think a lot of people try and bite off more they can chew? Uh, like what's like a, a really good, what's it called, bootstrap, uh, bootleg way to do it, but like no risk to build a, a like if If someone was like, I wanna have my own festival with twenty thousand people, or yeah. fifty thousand, yeah, what's like step one to five or one to ten in a quick summary?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. Know, step one is never ever go anywhere over your budget. Just never do it. You know, let, the the simple way, rather than ones to 10 to say this is this is the biggest mistake of most people these days. Promoters everywhere around the world, whether they do a hundred capacity event or to a hundred thousand when you have a budget stick with your budget never go over that budget because when you believe that you know your your event will have you know say you have 10,000 you need 5,000 people in your your event for your break even
0: so when people, you have 10,000
1: 000... if, if, if so if someone oh, okay. booked, exactly. a, if someone booked a, an event and they have a 10,000 capacity yep. but they need 5,000 for their break-even, so every right. person after the five thousand is where they are. You know, their, their profit general. So
0: you book it out, you double your money. Is that the general? No, 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 no.
1: So what I'm saying is, what a lot of people do is they will book a venue of a certain capacity, and they need a 50% capacity before they have broke even on their expenditure, and then they can start making money themselves. Yeah. What a lot of people do is a lot of people go well over budget, and dream that they will hit their top capacity. That doesn't always happen. It it doesn't always happen. You know, I've been in some huge events. I've done some big events myself, where I've needed. You know, I've done one event many years ago where we had two and a half thousand capacity, um, and all we needed was, uh, I think it was six hundred people. We're like, oh, we're hundred people profit. I'm like, oh, it's amazing. So then I started going over budget. I started booking extra acts. I started, you know. My the riders for like the acts, the DJs, you know, that I started real spoiling them, you know, spending double, double, double everything. Mm. And then the worst happened. We at, at the time that we had this booking, I remember it snowed in the town where we was doing the event. Nobody could come. Oh. And this is back then when we weren't even doing tickets was never a big seller back in the time. I don't, you know, I've always said to people, tickets was never a huge thing. It was more people come to the door, mm. and all my walk-ins over the years used to be huge. But because I had this huge snow this night, all we needed was 600 people in a two and a half, and we we was, the amount of attraction we had for the event that we had booked, we knew we was hitting two and a half thousand, easy. We had huge snow, taxis couldn't get to the venue, buses couldn't get there, you couldn't drive. It was just ridiculous. It was literally like I sat there reading emails and watching my phone all night of people going, I'm sorry, we can't make it, we can't make it, we can't make it. So I lost huge money. I lost huge, I went well over budget on what I was doing and I shouldn't have done, and all because I thought that I was so adamant that we would hit that capacity of people, and I didn't. And that's what a lot of people do nowadays. When you're building whatever you're doing, again, with whatever I'm building now with a synergy, I will hit a budget of where I'm at, and I will not exceed that budget. That will be it. Exceeding your budget is the easiest way for you to to break your own bank. It's so easy. Because if you don't hit your numbers, your your, your night that you put on has gone from being fun to being hell because you've got people barking at you that want paying and you haven't got the clientele. You know, you really have to stay in your own boundary and your own, you know, fix your bubble of where your your expenditure is and what you're going to do and don't ever go above it. Okay. It's great to work, the great thing with this game is it's great to work with friends. So if you like a lot of my good friends are all like absolutely in the top 20 of the DJs now. And if you can get a bit of a deal always helps nowadays, because DJ fees now are, are, are crazy. You know, you want to book a DJ now they're, they're not like there was 20 years ago. You know, you booked a DJ for a thousand, two thousand pounds. Well, now as you know, you see DJs go for 20 to 50 to a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand mm. Aussie dollars. You know, you, you know, when you work out your budget in any event with something like that, that's a huge amount of money to pay if you're not going to get clientele, you know. Yeah. So, you know, just that's all I say to anybody. Forget about any other mistake. If best anybody in this game. is Good to learn from your own mistakes. I've yeah. learned from millions over the years, and I mean millions, you know. I've had people tell me not to do them on this day because it's no good. I've done it on that day and it have been amazing. <laughs> you know, it's just what one person tells you will not always be true. You have to learn from your own mistake. Mm-hmm. My only thing is money. It's just with your budget. Don't exceed it. Stick to where you are and make it work within that guideline because, it, at the end of the day, the be all and end all, it might be a great part of yourself, but it's about money and you know it's a business, so yeah, that's where that's where you got to be. It's so easy to go broke, and uh, you won't be doing nothing if you go broke, so
0: yeah, okay. Um, so if you if so if you were to recommend to someone like just a quick summary of like how to start this you just basically just start doing one with 100 uh, do a event with 50 people then you just scale it up and it's it's all basically basically the same as you scale up just does that yeah, so, yeah you know what I yeah, mean
1: yeah uh, that, that's dead right I, look i say to anybody if you want to do this huge if you want to be this huge promoter you know you want to do this party you, you go to a party next week and you want to make that party of two and a half thousand people. Well, just remember, then two and a half thousand people didn't just turn up at that party because, you know, it was on that day. They, they, there's a backing to every party, you know. Mm. You know the branding, the DJ, the, you know, absolutely everything. You know, it takes time. My word of advice to anybody is, is get a good selection of friends around you. Host your own party, yeah. Just host your own party. If you have. 50 people come to your own party. 50 others will talk about it. However often after you do that, then 50 will come again because it was so good and 50 of their friends want to come. You know, you're not pressuring people. You're not going, oh, yeah, it's going to cost you 50 Aussie dollars to come into this party. You know, you don't, you start it as fun. That's what it's for. If you start, if you're going out there to start as a business, I find it very hard for most people because you haven't got a love for it. You're chasing the money, you're not chasing, you know, the building of, you know, of a a bunch of friends going and making that vibe, you know. Mm. Anybody can put a party on, anybody can book anybody. Me and you today can go and book, anybody we want to go and book, spend whatever price you want to do. Doesn't mean they will come to the party because of us. They would have come because you booked the headline at DJ. And Mm. they would walk away from there, never saying that party was great. What Stephen James put together, it was great because they booked the top tier DJ. So, no one, they won't be interested in coming to the next week's party if we didn't book somebody. So, you need, need to build your foundation of your friends, you know, the vibing, everything. Start with 50 people in the house. Then you're going to have 100 people come. And then before you know it, you've got 500 people wanting to come to one of your parties. And now you're going to book the act DJ that's going to bring the thousand people. And then suddenly it's turned into a little bit of a business. You need to keep the fun factor of it alive because one, it becomes so heavy on it's a business there's no fun in it that's my input. like you know it has to be fun it's always got to be fun there's no fun in it 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 doesn't really work it just doesn't work
0: yeah okay and then i guess as you as you scale up you you would just figure out like i i can't manage all these bartenders grab a bar manager i can't manage all the finance grab someone to do that
1: Correct. And then before you not to do long, it all. You got designer, you've got your you've got your your designer. You've got your social media person. You've got your PR doing your bits, running around trying to find you know it, you know. And that wasn't what you set out to do. That happens because you've now got so many people following what you want to do. Every you know every when you say we're doing a pie, You have so many people on you. That's how you're going to create a good business and a great pie for sure. You know, if, if you chase that to start with, you know, if you started off going, oh, I need a PR today, I need to get, you know, and you've got 10 people working for you before you put your first party on, you're, you're under huge pressure. Yeah. You've got people to pay before you've even put one party. You know, that's not, that's not funny, it's pressure. You want people yeah. to come to you like, oh my God, I left, I left James's house, that was ridiculous, how was that even a party? <laughs> Next week, you know, you've got 100 people there and you you you, you sort of think to the farmer, I've got to roll it. This is great because there are 100 people that are all connected. So, yeah. yeah, that's what I say to people. Don't, don't, don't start it as a business. If you're going to start anything, start it as a bit of fun, and then see where you go with it. That, that's yeah. that's what you should do.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so that's basically what what you did to get to that ten thousand person party, and what how you plan to get the 20,000.
1: Well, Nothing. we're gonna so what we're gonna do with the synergy now. Um, I'm gonna start doing some smaller, real cool events over here in Thailand. I'm only obviously doing Thailand at the minute because we're locked in here, the same as your situation in, in Australia. So, um, what we've done is we've also set up a YouTube channel, which we're going to start filming now. So, it's going we're getting filmed. I'm going to be getting followed and filmed how we're starting the building our brand from ground zero to where we want to get to. I'll have a guy following me here, and then I've got a guy following my partner in, in Sydney, where he's starting to put some synergy parties on now. Um, I believe he's booked, um, I think we've got a ski resort booked for this year. We've got a few things booked already with it. Um, so we're building we're building the, um, a channel for the making of our brand. Because right now, everybody, during the pandemic, everybody needs to have a bit of hope for the future at the minute. Because everybody's stuck, everybody's not doing nothing, you know. Mm. It seems every time we get a little bit of a green light that we look like we might get some normality back we're getting slapped straight in the face and pushed backwards. Well, look, let's be honest, we know that it's not gonna to return to normal as fast as we all really believed at the start of last year. But I do believe that, you know, with what's going on now, vaccines, etc. cetera, I do believe in the next year that, you know, some sort of normality is gonna return. So we wanna highlight that we're doing some cool parties here in Asia, some cool parties in uh, Australia, it's unfortunate me and my partner can't put the party a bigger party on together because obviously we just can't meet right now because of what's going on in the world. Mm. So we're building the brand over two continents and then we're going, then we're, okay. we're going to smash it.
0: So you're going to sc- slowly scale it up or are you going to go for a pretty big party that, that, straight that away? What,
1: that, what we're, no, 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 we're, we're scaling up. We're going to start because at the end of the day, we know now that big parties shouldn't and couldn't really happen, you know, without, without a bad situation now. The trouble you have now is if you host any party now, and I say this to anybody, if you host a party now above and beyond what they legally allow you to do, and somebody catches COVID there, your brand and yourself will be tarnished so bad. The press will absolutely tear you apart. That if you'd host a party with 50 people over what you said and one person got COVID there, and I think your brand will be finished. So we all have to play along the guidelines. So that's what we're doing. We're making some cooler, cooler small parties. Um, with this synergy as well, we're, we're building some great, and I mean, some amazing bits of production stuff. So like all the venues will be kitted out amazing. You know, they're, they're, you walk in, they're going to be mind but Everything's going to be good about it. But we're only going to do host parties 100, 150, 200, whatever, whatever we can legally do at that time, we're doing. We I just meant want like talk- hi-
0: hypothetically, let's say that um, Thailand and Australia allowed massive events of twenty thousand people um if if there was no limit on how many people you could have let's let's say in a year's time once once that's possible um are you are you going to take it slow like that 100 200 500 or are you going to go straight for a thousand
1: there's no no rush look i've got a a lot of love for what we're building here so again i'm not i'm not chasing this for money this one i've got a lot of love for so Hmm. i want to i want to build a connection of people together you know, what I, what, what I also want to do is I want to interact. So every party that we do in um, Thailand right now, we're going to be doing an act. We'll be doing one in wherever we're doing it in Australia, Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, wherever we're doing it. But we want to live feed both the parties. So we're sort of mm. interacting the parties across the world. Nice. So we want to, we want to build a, a connection of people that can't meet already, but can, you know, that interact across the world. That's That's a great idea. So we're not, look, it's no rush because the world's not going to rush. It's just not going to rush. Yeah. I believe that, this is my strong belief. I don't believe that any country will really allow these big festivals just to re-happen after us being locked down for what will be two years. Mm. I I just don't see this. I have this conversation with many people every day. It's like in Ibiza this year. Do I really believe a bees is going to go on this year? No. I just can't see how a country could be locked down. I spoke to my friends in Spain yesterday. They're on full lockdown now, curfew at 9 p.m. You know, Corona's going crazy over there again. How would they open venues of any club capacity with whatever that be, DC 10 at 1500 2000 people to oh. Amnesia privilege at 10,000 12,000 people? How are they going to allow this amount of people to party again when 6 months before You couldn't even have five people in your house. I just don't, it's gonna be very time consuming and very slow building back to where we are. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying with the smaller events, I'm cool with doing them. I wanna build a community of people that wanna be a part of it. And that's it, you know, it's not gonna be a rush game for anyone no more. Um, and again, it comes down to that fact that if you exceed what you're allowed to do, I, I honestly believe that how bad this pandemic is. Whether people want to believe, believe it's true or not. However, you know, because I'm so bored of the conspiracy theories with all this. I just honestly believe that if you go over what you've got to do, you're going to be tarnished and you'll kill your brand and yourself with it because, you know, yeah, it's, it's out there, it's killing people, it's killed people, I know. So we've all got to stick with the guidelines. So yeah, I'm cool. Let's just make the smaller parties. Let's work with what we can work with. Let's build something. Let's try to get the world back to where we want to be slowly, but surely. And we will eventually get to where we want to be 20,000 capacity festival, whatever we do, that will happen. But that's, you know, there's no time on it. That's why I'm cool with building the YouTube channel where we're showing you from where we're trying to find one venue where to get 100 people in or 200 people to the point of where you'll be watching the channel where you'll be seeing the headaches that we have from getting eventually 20,000 people into a festival. So, you know, mm. it's that cool we're working to. We're just trying to keep keep busy in the game, keep people interested and trying to get people on the hype train with us and, and yeah. bring people on the journey and, you know, let's get people back out there looking at some positivity, uh, positivity rather than all this negativity we've got right now.
0: Yeah, nice. Do you see there being like a... Um, a bounce back of the nightlife industry bigger than ever before, like in the in say three, four, five years.
1: Never. Uh, just my opinion is I never. I, I believe. We, we, I think our best party days are over. I I'm not saying they'll never be really great and amazing again. I just don't believe. I just don't believe that we could have. You know, I say this to anybody at any age. If I said this to you when I met you. In December 2019, James, we're going to be locked down in uh, next year. You got I me, mean, mate, you're crazy, isn't it? And if, and if you did, you would have said, oh, yeah, we'll be locked down for a month. You know, the world has changed massively, you know, massively. We don't know where we're going to go with this. For all all we know, we could all be getting injections for nothing. We don't know what the next thing is coming. So I just, I, I believe it's, it's going to change the world massively now. You're going to turn mm. up at a club now. They're going to want to see a COVID passport. Or they're going to want to see your... Uh, you know, you've had the vaccination. Um it, that, that's just gonna happen everywhere. And then, you know, someone's gonna get this new kind of you know, strength strain of something. And so no, I don't I, do you know what? And that's not disheartening to everybody. I just don't think we're ever gonna have it as easy as we really did, you know. Mm. The days of walking into a festival after you've been out for three days and you have got bought a ticket off the guy in the front and walk through and five minutes later you're partying. I just don't, I just think them days are gone now. We can't have gone this far with temperature checks and this check, that check. We can't even get on the plane anymore. I just don't, this is not going to disappear ever. So I just think, I think we will go back to 75, 70% of what we had.
0: As in, just, are I, you talking capacity only or are you talking no, 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 like? No, no, no. Uh, everything.
1: More. I'm saying how easy it was, how everything, like, you know, how, every, how everything easy was. And mm. I just think this has ruined too many people's lives. Um, and businesses. One of mine in Sydney not too long ago, a few weeks ago, that I had to get rid of now. Um, yeah, I just, I, just, I just see that it's uh, yeah, it's never quite going to go back to how easy we had it. I think we're always going to be put under pressure. Always now. I think they've got a tight hold of control now. That's where we are. It's not saying it's never going to be fun again. I believe it. Listen, it's always going to be amazing fun. Just it's never going to be as easy as we had that we've i, I believe we've had the fun times that's, yeah.
0: it. that's it well at least we've got the memories
1: the mem- the memories are always there and um you know you can always create better memories but it's going to be you just have to really change
0: much. your perspective uh, perspective of Correct. enjoying that's, it sort of
1: thing. everybody has to do this now you know mm. so yeah it's uh time to change but you know to, god willing time will come back to you know very good times again yeah and i believe they will i think i think we're about a year away in all honesty that's where i believe we will be
0: okay um what's the most common question you get asked about your um your work or your journey
1: um the common one is like I, I always ask about. Oh, I want to put some events on. I want to do my own things. Okay. Like yeah,
0: like what I've asked. Pretty, pretty,
1: pretty I always get it's pretty easy in it, and I'm like, well, yeah, it's as easy as you want it to be. And yeah. again, it goes back to that question. I've got some, I've got some great promoter friends that you know that are super mega rich, and I've got some promoter friends that used to do huge events that are broke. I, I say to anybody, look, it's what you <laughs> look. It's as easy as you want it to be. If you want to host something uh massive and amazing you know just go and book 20 of the best djs in the world i hope you've got a huge budget and i hope like you know and i just hope that you've done your calculations correct or you know it's that that's a common one oh yeah i just want to put a pie and i tell everyone go and do it but you know learn from your own mistakes just but i I say to people don't put a number on where you want to start i want 500 people but like i just said before put your party on put 50 100 people that's all you need to do yeah. Don't go and break budget. Do something. Offer something unique. Don't just you know. Don't just go and rent a villa and, um, and put a set of decks around there and think, oh yeah, fifty people are going to come around because you rented the villa and you put a set of decks in there.
0: Mm. You know,
1: you need to bring something to the table. What you know, what what's so good that I should come to your party? You know, if if, it's, if you're not charging and it's free, what are you getting out of it? You know. So that's the common one. You know, every everybody wants to host their own party. Right? It's the co- it's the coolest thing in the world. When, it's, when it goes off, it's the best thing in the world. There's nothing like walking around when you've got 1,000, 1,500, 2,000 people that are paid to walk into your venue, loving every second of it. And you can't even sit at your table because someone's bringing you drinks, this and that, you know. And then you've got to look at the flip side when you've spent a huge budget on making something great for people. Uh. And then you've got 50 people walking your venue. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. So I tell anybody yeah, just learn from your own mistake, learn what's right for you. Work out what you want. Do a lot of research. I tell people research what you want. You know, everybody does a party. How many parties have you been to? House parties on the weekend where you, you know, someone said oh there's ten people coming next, and you've got seventy people in the house. Yeah, yeah. Or then someone's told you a week before I'm having a house party. It's going to be really busy. You go around there and six people are in the house. <clears> like you know, <laughs> why didn't it work? Or well, something just didn't go to plan. Where the one where seventy people did just went correct. It's you know work, work your basis, work what you want, and you know that's it. That's what I tell people it. There's no real game plan to this. It's can you make it work? That's it.
0: Sounds good. It's a it's a good point you make. It's it's as easy as you want it to be. That's basically like any sort of any sort of projects. Like you can overcomplicate a lot of things, but if you just make sure people are having a good time and make sure you're making money then it's basically all good right
1: that's it look it, again going back to one of the other questions look it's about to start with it's about the fun factor and that everybody is loving being there if you put that event on for money only well, there's nothing cool about that event you, you you're enjoying it when you've made money but you didn't enjoy it up to that point you know if you needed 50 people to come through your door and you've got 20, well, then you're, you're not going to enjoy your night. Mm. So, you know, that's what it's about. It's about fun. This is why you, this is why you, this is what the basis of it is. You should host an event and love every single second of it. The minute it comes about money and business, well, then it's different. You know, if you can combine them both together, perfect. That's what yeah. you want.
0: Okay. Um, what's one thing that surprised you about your journey from hosting all these parties? Um,
1: I'll be honest. Uh, probably the amount of backstabbing that goes on in this game, really, around the world. It's um, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of um, a lot of dark horses in this game. Whether that be big DJs, big promoters, big big club owners, you know. Um, there's a lot of people that don't like to see a lot of people succeed in this game, to be honest. That's what I've noticed over the years. Um, And you'll be very surprised sometimes who never had your corner when you believed they was in your corner. Um, Why do you
0: think
1: this is? This can go hand in hand with any business, but in the music industry, I found over the twenty-seven years, it's uh, it's uh, it's the biggest dog-eat-dog world, and um, yeah, there's just a lot of backstabbing, a lot of backstabbing. You know, Um, I've had rival clubs. I can tell you now. In um, we had an event in New Year's Eve in. I had a jaw event one time, one New Year's Eve in, uh, one in Essex and one in Suffolk. So I had a huge club in Suffolk and a smaller club in Essex. And what i done is I booked the DJs to uh, go from one event to the other. So basically that, you know, all oh, I booked the same DJs to do the same event, but they went from town to town, so I put mm. the drivers on. Anyway, I booked the DJs that were huge at the time to play in this venue, but the rival club in the town that i had been friends with for years and yet helped do events there, um, they went to book the DJs, they tried to put a bigger offering, but I already had a contract and a good finger on them. So uh, anyway, so it comes to New Year's Eve, they called the rival club of called uh, scare on the club that I had, and then they closed the club saying that they had heard that someone had put a bomb inside the club and cancelled my event, cancelled it. So I lost a huge amount of money that night with a club, the manager, the part club owner, which was friends with, the GM, um, not the GM, the um, uh, their music director, and it was only one of their staff that I'd only half been a bit friendly with, that I'd looked after in some other towns, was the one that told me what they'd done. So, and I, you know, and I, would, I wouldn't have known that unless someone in their camp had told me but it just goes to show you my I had books all of their acts from for a long time, put put you know, saved their life numerous times. This is a big chain of nightclubs at the time. And they backstabbed me. So yeah, mate, that's just one story there. And they cost me a huge amount of money. I can say like huge, because it was New Year's Eve. I still had to pay the double, the double in of the DJs at night, being New Year's Eve, double money, everything, you know. What and was course, the benefit they to, them to them again? To- they... Well, because they couldn't book, they couldn't book the acts that I'd had that night. And they only had some shittier acts. So be it, it wasn't shitty. I knew the kids that they'd booked to play that night. That was, that was cool. But their ticket sales to New Year's Eve, the rival club, was terrible. Oh. And we knew their walk-up on New Year's Eve was terrible. I'd been told. I'd been told earlier. I'm like, mate, everybody's telling us now nobody's going. They'd got wind of it. So they knew that if they pulled this bomb scare on me, there was only two clubs in the town. Uh, so if they closed mine, everybody would go there. It's New Year's Eve. Where else are you going to go?
0: Oh, uh, without them You're booking the DJs. The so they didn't they didn't try and steal yeah, your so DJs. They, so All they, they had to do was
1: cancel it. Yeah, they tried to steal them before. They couldn't get them. So what they done is they booked some lower DJs at the time that were, yeah. you know, they had a bit of traction about nothing amazing. So to call the bomb scare, they closed the club that we had. Which meant we couldn't do anything there. So then suddenly they had gone and took every one of our punters, and uh, yeah, they cost me huge money. And these are people that I've been friends with and worked with for a long time. That's just one. That's just one thing. I, I, I've got yeah. numerous things that I've done in time where I know that I've been done by people, and you know, that's that's what shocked me. I thought, you know, when you think that these people in the game are your friends, just be careful. Is there anything you can
0: do to prevent that, or or like? What, I mean, let's say you knew of all those experiences ahead of you when you were 20 years old, 25. What, yeah. what would you have done differently if you knew in advance all those ones that was going to happen? Or, or let's say you didn't know exactly who was going to do it to you, but you knew that the, all these events were going to happen, but you didn't know who's... Is there anything that you would
1: be able to change? Very difficult, mate, because back then, see, see from, look. Being New Year's Eve and under high high pressure because I'd had two events on for that time. Just say, for instance, realistically, I probably should have had a, a backup-ish venue that I could have maybe. But you know, who knew a rival club would want to go and pull that pull that out at nine thirty p.m. New Year's Eve, and that leave me with nothing I could do. The police literally come in and went right. Okay, that's it. Club shut. Done. We're like, really? They went, yep. Yeah. So like I, that night alone, I actually said to him, "Can you get the police to go and scan the book?" They went. It's New Year's Eve. Do you think we're just going to do this in five minutes? At that case, you know, there's, there's not much you can really do. You know, it's it's a difficult one. You know, you just wouldn't expect you wouldn't expect people to do that job. But listen, it's the world. I've had, I've had many many things done to me. Many 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 mm. things that I've done where I've lost a lot of money. You know, just try to you know keep your enemies very close That's all I say. Just just know, in this game, just know who's around you, and that's it.
0: Okay. Sorry, I just want to go a bit closer on that topic. How do you know who, who's around you? What do you mean by that? You mean like get to know their friends and get a bit of a, a bit no, of a rundown no, no, no. of what you they like? Or
1: all your all your rival promoters in your area or wherever you work in, and you know, just try to you know just just keep everyone you know, just keep it one call and just try to know, try to find out as much information as you're going to find out for wherever you're doing something, you know,
0: right. So you can use Um, it to protect yourself or yeah. Yeah. You,
1: that's what you got to do. Look, You get this in any business, but you know, you, you, you really need to sort of, you know, you you do your homework. If you're going to do any events on site, like in Thailand here for me is very difficult. Over here, it's it's the bribe country of the world, mate. It, you you know, you have to pay this one to pay that one. So for me to be doing anything over here, I need to be paying the right people. And that's what it is. As long as I pay the right people here to do any events and what we're going to do here, all will be fine. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that for us where we are in Australia and UK yeah. and Vita, et cetera. You know, you don't just pay these ones and nothing happens, you know. Unfortunately, that's what I'm saying. It's it's very different for us. We're over here I can make sure these things don't happen, you know, like
0: mm.
1: you know, if if someone called the police here and I've got a thousand capacity venue on the chief of police that I who or whoever it is that I will pay will say to you, Well, there's no chance anyone's done that, or 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 the police won't raid you because there's you know, I would have made sure that someone had been paid and everything was correct for me. So I'm very lucky over here for that reason. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: but again, I Again, I have to do my homework over here to make sure that I don't you know, trip up on a little rock over here, basically.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, last question. Um, other than the return of this, the house music scene, uh, what is yeah. one amazing thing that you'd like to see happen in the future, whether that be in two years or five or 10 years?
1: Oh, now that is a difficult one. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I'm stumped to see. Right now, every day it's so difficult. Every day is just a challenge. Right now, you know. I just, I, you know, in two years' time, I just hope to see that you know <coughs> the freedom of travel will come back. That's what I hope. The f- the freedom of travel for people that we will be able to travel the world and go to new places, new countries. I've got so many DJ friends now, big DJ friends in the UK, like, you know, in the top 10 that can't do anything. You know, they're, they're very, some are very risky and, you know, some are traveling to Dubai, doing a few things in Dubai or they're going to Mexico that it seems everybody's in Mexico because they are like the last two stops in the world. It's, um, it's unfortunate for a lot of people because it, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of talent out there that can't get exposed anymore and get seen around the world because we're all you know we're all locked off. That's going to be the number one thing I think that we you know we get that freedom of travel again. That we all get to enjoy different places in the world, different parties, and that's what I really want to see more than anything. Um, because I, you don't realise that's the biggest killer for me right now is the non-travelling, not being able just to get on a plane and turn up in Australia next week or go anywhere I want to go. And, you know, if something good's going on somewhere, it's just not as simple anymore, you know, without having to have a COVID test and you register to get into this country and get in their country, you have to have quarantine. If you go back to your own country, then you have quarantine. That's what I hope to see in two years, you know, that things do settle down and the world can go back to some Sort of normality, and we can all enjoy life again mm. because right now it's, um, you know, we're all living day by day, praying for that one bit of good news, and doesn't seem to come at the minute, does it? It just seems one step forward, two back. But, you know, positivity, you know, positive vibes only, it will come back at some point. So we all have to plan, and um, that's why I'm doing it with the Syzygy brand now. That's yeah. why we're doing a YouTube channel, getting people to follow along, the, you know, what we're doing, where we're going you know, seeing that it's not easy for anyone to do anything, you know, how hard we will be pushing to get, you know, clients over. to so what we actually plan to do was this year, we actually plan to bring um 250 people from Australia over for our first event in Yang, uh the island here. I've got <coughs> a hotel booked off and ready. I've got five venues boxed off. So we were doing a 10 day event over here. We offered a package from Australia. We just about, got that ready to go. And then obviously we've hit again now that we was going to bring people June this year. Now we're hearing that Qantas has stopped all flights again, that they're not going to do it till the end of the year. So yeah. then we sort of moved the date to September. That's gone further than that. So now we've sort of ruled out that we won't be doing anything till 2022. So, yeah. you know, that's why our brand here now, we, we want to build people we to build some cool events in Sydney for sure, uh, which I'd definitely like to get you involved on as well. Uh, yeah. Definitely want to get you a, a okay. bit on, on there for us. Some bits here and um, yeah, just pray, mate, that in a year, two years time that we get this freedom of travel, that we can start in, intertwining these events mm. and get a cool brand going and um, we can all go back to some normality and enjoy life again. That's what we, That's what we're all aiming for.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you think that, um, did you catch Tomorrowland uh, Digital? Or did you you know? It's like um, they've made this like virtual island and you can click on the stages and then you go into it and all the DJs, they get them on a green screen and they make this amazing um, virtual stage, it's crazy. Uh, Do you see that the industry going uh, a lot more that way? or just like digitizing, maybe like VR, like imagine you hosted 10 events of 50 people and you could kind of mix with people in VR or something like that,
1: do you see I any heard sort of- I heard I heard, I heard I heard, so the other day I heard about a, a K-pop band in Korea now have made more money from their virtual tour to, to, to younger kids, 15, 14, 15, in their own home streaming their virtual tour than they ever made on an actual tour, and I'm like blown away. So, yes, do I believe it will take momentum 100%. If you haven't got to send your kids to a concert, you know where they're going to get risk of catching something. Yeah, well, you know, then will their people pay it? Yeah, of course they will. For me, myself, no, I want to go out with. I want to go, I want to meet a thousand new friends when I go out. I don't want mm. to talk to a thousand friends online. I want to go out and meet a thousand. I want to end up in a random person's house again, like I always do. I want yeah. a party yard. I, that's what I want. So, yeah. you know, yes, it will, it will pick up some pace, but, it, it, you know, it, it's what you want yourself. And I was very fortunate to go to the best parties in in the world. And I will never want to be a part of that digital. I don't want to offer that. You know, I, I want people to come somewhere and have your mind blown off, you know? Yeah. That's just, that. that's just what I, I, I'm i used to. Um, it's like, it's like uh, when, when we DJ and if you do like a stream DJ, mm. is it fun? It's all right. There's <laughs> nothing like DJing to even 10 friends in an house. It, yeah. You know, it's, it, they, you you'll never get that vibe to being out and and being there. You know, it's like yeah. the night that I met you when I was DJing that night. It was a great night. We had some cool fun. Would it have been cool if you had sat there and watched me online? You would have gone no. Like it's just, you know it's mm. it's one of them. <clears throat> Everybody enjoys it only because that's the only option we're given right now. Yeah. If you're given the option of, would you pay $20 to go to a virtual, uh, you know, a virtual EDM party with the, the 10 best DJs in the world, or will you give $100 to go and watch, you know, someone that's a mediocre DJ in, the, I'm going to give $100. Okay, yeah. That's what I'm going to give. I, I want, I'm the life and soul of the party. I want to be in the middle of it. I want to be meeting new people. I want the buzz of everything. That's it. You know, so yet again it will pick up pace i believe it probably will pick up a bit of momentum but if you're if if you're you know it's it's never going to be for me ever it's just, it's something i've never even looked into doing i've got no interest in it so none
0: yeah fair enough well thanks for coming on man um that's well that's all the things i have to to ask um yeah it's super interesting eh? I, yeah. I, I always looked at it because I, I started this podcast because it's like, I mean, I'm sure you remember when you're a teenager, you're like, looking at those DJs up there, and you are like, how the hell, how do you even do that? Or like, how do you run these parties? Look at all the people moving around, you must have to have like yeah. a big company. Um, so no, that really helped to like break it down. Um, you know, I think a lot of things seem overwhelming before um, when you don't know, know how it's done.
1: Yeah, listen. It's not. It's um. It's not an overwhelming scene. It's look. One minute you'll be in the crowd. You'll be at the back of the crowd. The next minute you'll be on the stage. Look, it, it's what you want to give. It's what you are. You know what? What? If you can do something more than just be in that crowd, then do it. You know, like if you've got something to offer. Just mm-hmm. because they're up there and they're earning so however much money, and you know they have got hundred thousand people watching them. Doesn't doesn't mean that you know they must have been super connected to this one to that one. You know they probably worked hard to get there at some point. You know, yeah. You have to work to be where you're going to be. Like I, I've got some you know a lot of my good friends. I was in the beef for 20 years. Like I I know absolutely everybody that there is to know in the scene. But you got to remember when I was 18, I went out there with a box of records. No, no you know I didn't I didn't know anyone superstar or any at that point. <clears throat> I literally just went out there had fun. Dj'd everywhere I could, partied with everyone I could, met as many people as I could, and that's it. And that's all it takes, you know, just if if it's something you love, just grind and work away It. That's it. That's where you gotta be, just grind and work away and you'll get to exactly where you wanna be. It's not difficult, bro, not difficult.
0: Exactly. Thanks so much, man. I'm gonna
1: just end that recording. Wait, wait, end meeting or end recording?